Blog Talk Radio. If you're looking for educational sports radio and not the same over and over sports radio, then Sports Beat, your alternative, is next as part of Mountain Meadow Productions. Stay tuned. studio of Mountain Meadow Productions and Sportsbeat Radio, this is Sportsbeat, a provocative, insightful, informative, and educational show that we hope will educate the sports listener to the specific of sport. With interviews, analysis, and a comprehensive look at the topics we feel will be appealing to the listener. And with that said, we're not just your average call-in, same subject, same question, over and over sports radio. But we like to think of ourselves as informative and educational radio. So why not sit back, and for the next 30 minutes or so, we hope you'll find the program informative, educational, and above all, enjoyable. And with that said and done, this is Sports Beat, and we're coming at you live. And I'm your host, John Smoulis. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this another edition of Sports Beat Radio Talking Sports. Thanks for joining us on this January 17th, the actual mid part of the month already. Got about another week and a half, and it's February, and it feels like winter out there. It's about 18 degrees here in the Northeast. Thanks again for joining us uh, on this segment of Sports Beat Radio Talk and Sports. And today, kind of an interesting show, and that is the college athlete scam, the fleecing of America. I couldn't fit all of it in our title, so I just had to put the. Uh, the athlete scam. But, uh, you know, there was a time in college when we all went, particularly those of us who were probably over 40 or 50, and, uh, you know, we got an education. Uh, the professors wore suits, and they actually educated us. But that's not the case today. Uh, the whole system is a scam, uh, which I'm going to uh, outline, particularly for athletes. Now, you know, athletes now have... Uh, the NIL and all of these things now to make money. For years, colleges ripped them off by using their likeness uh, without paying for them. Uh, they made substantial amounts of money. And sometimes, you know, you look at organizations that um, supposedly are on the up, and they're more criminal than some of the ones that are actually criminal. And so we're going to talk about that today and how colleges not only rip off the athletes but rip off students and it's one of the biggest scams out there. A college degree today means practically nothing. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't go to college because for the professional level positions, uh, you do need a college degree, although I would like to see uh, apprenticeships come back, and in some ways they are. You know, in the early days of music, uh, composers like Beethoven and Bach and all of those, they didn't go to college. The later ones did, like Tchaikovsky and Schubert and some of the others. But they apprenticed, and you apprenticed with uh, somebody like Joseph Haydn, who was the father of the uh, modern symphony. And Haydn was Beethoven and Mozart's teacher, and you would, under his tutelage, uh, apprentice until he felt you were ready, and then he would sign a sheet. Basically, it was a worksheet or a diploma, and you would go out and get employment because you shown that you knew under the tutelage of uh, one of the great composers of all time, Joseph Haydn, and even his brother Michael, uh, you know, you would have been um, worthy of 
employment. But that's not the case today. And um, it's interesting because Cornell-educated journalist Amanda Ripley, she makes kind of an indictment of the college cartel. She said, today the U.S. spends more on college than almost any other country, according to the 2018 Education at a Glance report. All told, including the contributions of individual families and the government, Americans spend about at least $30,000 per student a year, nearly twice as much as the average developed countries. The U.S. is in a class of its own, uh, says Andreas Schlichter, the director for education and skills at the OECD, and he does not mean this as a compliment. He said spending per student is exorbitant. And it has virtually no relationship to that value that students could possibly get in exchange. You know, it's interesting. You listen to some of these athletes today in interviews, not just the pros, uh, but at college, and they're bar- some of them are most of them are barely literate. They can't read. They can't do a simple average in math. Most of them can't do basic arithmetic. And yet, you know, they're being used by these universities. And I also wanted to mention, and most of you may not know this, and some of you may, we, we said it in subsequent shows, that scholarships are only good for a year. They are not four-year tickets. So if you get hurt or you can't produce, you're out. And that's what a lot of people don't realize. Oh, you know, my son's going to get a four-year scholarship. No, nope, doesn't work that way. You get a year, and it goes from year to year because the colleges want to use the athlete. And we've seen that time and time again, athletes that are used and abused by colleges, and uh, then they hurt themselves, their knee injury, or they have a debilitating injury, and suddenly they're out of the program without an education, uh, with no money, although the, the NIL – Today is a little different. Of course, you have the transfer portal now. That's everything's ruining college football anyway. But college is all about sports. Even the so-called presidents of universities and the administration, the chancellors, they call them, uh, are all into the sports part. And hey, you know, sports is a major part of it. But it wasn't supposed to be that way. The education of the student, the education of the athlete, the education of those who partake of the program is of the essence. And we're not seeing that today. We're seeing colleges charging exorbitant amounts of money for stupid majors, majoring in transgender studies. Uh, okay. Transgender studies, you're going to spend 50000 a year, $200,000 in debt to study that. What's that going to get you? Now, I can see, you know, going for engineering and, uh, you know, medical and all the other things, being a doctor and all the other things, teaching, you have to have a degree. And even some of them are not that competent. After all, I I had a a friend of mine who uh, has a master's degree in history, teaches high school, and... uh, we were talking one time, and he said uh, something about George Washington leading the Civil War. And I, I thought he was joking. I went into the uh, store one time, his store, he owned a music store, and he had signs all over the store, please do not touch the equipment. And he's had equipment spelled wrong. This is a guy with a master's degree. He didn't even know 
not only could he not spell, but he couldn't, he, he didn't even know his own subject matter. George Washington, the head of the uh, Civil War, when we all know that it was General Lee and General Grant. Grant, of course, became the president, who is now on the $50 bill. George Washington was 100 years plus before then in the American Revolution. And this is what we're turning out. And we're turning out athletes that are barely literate. I'll give you an example of something that uh, I was told about. I won't name the school, but it's a very well-known school in the Midwest. I don't know that athletes today, and I think from their own uh, fruition, stay in athletic dorms. I think some schools they do. I think some schools now the athletes wanted to be more of this in, in the area of the student populace, so they're in mixed dorms. But this particular school had uh, athletic dorms, and many of them still do. The athletes stay in this particular dorm. And on Thursday nights, they would slip under every player's door the answers to all the tests. This is documented. Now, I can't say who it is. I don't want the repercussions, although it is truthful. And even some of them, believe it or not, with the answers – somehow screwed it up and failed. So all they had to do was copy, and, and then they got to the point where they just actually put the test in there with the answers in it. They wrote the answers in pencil, and the athlete would just erase it and then write his own so it wouldn't look like it was mass-produced. I mean, this is, this is what we're turning out. And so, you know, as an athlete, you're wanting to get to the NFL or the NBA or wherever you're going, Major League Baseball, particularly football and, and basketball, and you'll do anything to get there. You know, it's like somebody ha- holding out $1,000 in their hand. Uh, will you take it? Of course you would. No matter how righteous you are, you'd probably take it. There'd be very few people that wouldn't. Because the athlete is trying to get to a level of greatness. And instead of educating them, we bastardize them. And you hear it in interviews. I mean, sometimes I have to actually rewind the TV to understand what the hell they were saying. They're barely literate. Now, there are some that are articulate, but for the most part, that's not the case. And the colleges are in cahoots with the government. Government gives them billions of dollars and to teach critical race theory 1619 uh, professors who in social subjects teach Marxism and I don't know how many people I've spoken to over the years who have had their kids come back after the first semester of college changed. You know, they have the family views of what's right and and correct, and they come back with all of these bizarre assertions from professors who probably shouldn't be there. And we saw that at Harvard University, uh, who, uh, you know, was held in, in great esteem for being anti-Semitic. We saw it at most of these great universities that uh, are supposedly great. I took a course at Harvard under Walter Piston, who was a famous uh, 
music theory professor, and I thought it was terrible. I thought he sucked. I took another course at the University of Indiana with Robert Smith, who was nowhere near as known, and it was a brilliant course. So I think we overrate a lot of these Ivy League schools, and when you look at some of the Ivy League schools, uh, their endowments are, are, are you know, astronomically incredible. They have some of the biggest endowments that you could, you could imagine, and yet they, they, they charge astronomical amounts of money for inferior education. Colleges are a hedge fund with a university attached. So the wealth of a university or college is determined by the size of its endowment and the legal structure the institution uses to manage and perpetuate its financial holdings, investments in real estate holdings. The 10 wealthiest universities in the United States, Harvard University with an endowment of $41 billion, Yale, $31 billion, Stanford, $28.9 billion, Princeton, $26 billion. MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, $18.4 billion. University of Pennsylvania, these are all Ivy League schools with the exception of MIT, $14.9 billion. Texas A&M, a non-Ivy uh, League school, $12.7 billion. Notre Dame, $12.3 billion. University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, $12.3 billion. Columbia University, another Ivy League school with one of the toughest uh, – admissions programs in the country, $11.3 billion. And some of the universities on the list have huge endowments that are larger than the entire gross domestic product of nations like Latvia, who has $38.1 billion, Estonia, $33.2 billion, Iceland, $26.8, and Zimbabwe, $25.8 billion. These universities are crazy rich. And getting richer all the time thanks to taxpayer-financed federal subsidies and ever-rising tuitions. And we let them get away with it. Just now I saw a report uh, that some of the senators who are actually now getting off their ass, uh, they've all, they've all uh, instituted a pay raise for themselves. And I believe that pay raise was like close to 60%. Uh, they're now looking into these endowments, give, giving money to Marxist organizations like Harvard University. You know, and I don't care, any of you are hearing this, I don't care that you know, you're considering me some ogre by calling your institution uh, criminal. But it is, because the proof is there. And we see it in the news. We saw what kind of president you had. And so the students get shafted with... The average debt is probably close to $100,000, and the colleges could give a damn less. They don't care about the students. There was a time that they may have, maybe when I went to school, and some of you who are, you know, 40 and up, but that's not the case today. You have 21-year-old people with 100000 debt with $900, a $1,000 a month payments, getting harassed by the loan companies. And when they can't pay it, they harass the parents who co-pay. As the colleges get richer and richer, and they use the students and they use the athletes, and they only care about how many tickets they can 
sell at the football game. I mean, after all, this is what we stand for. You know, back in 1869, back in November of 1869, the first football game took place in the college level at Piscataway, New Brunswick, New Jersey, between the uh, College of New Jersey, which is known as Princeton, and the uh, Rutgers Scarlet Knights. And it was in a cow pasture. That it's actually marked there. It's, it, the site is where the gym is. And there was a couple of hundred people there, and uh, they played, and Princeton uh, lost the game. The Scarlet Knights came out with their kind of like uh, bandanas over their heads, uh, scarlet uh, bandanas. And the following week, they agreed to play Princeton, where Princeton won. And then the chancellors, who even in those days, we don't consider those people as smart as the ones today, but you're wrong. I mean, some of the greatest document ever written is the Constitution, written hundreds of years ago by men who wore uh, knickers and frock coats. They were smarter than most of the people today, probably smarter than all of them. We still live, although there are you know, numerous leftists who are trying to tear it down, we still live by those constitutional principles. And they said, those chancellors of that day said, enough of this. We're here to study theology and physics and mathematics, not to play games with balls. And so they stopped it. And, of course, later on it picked up. And, you know, one school saw another school, uh, you know, having success at football or whatever it was. And then James Nesmith, of course, invented basketball and schools had basketball and it started to pick up not so much for the money but for the prestige i mean one school saw another school and said hey wait a minute let's let's us start a football team now so that we can be known and maybe more students will come in but even then they were bastardizing the students because they were utilizing sports as a way to get students to come and you know i talk to students all the time and many of them will say to me uh, you know, when it's uh, their seniors in high school, I'll ask them, where are you going to go to college? Well, I, I'm going to go to Penn. I want to go to Penn State. I want to go to Alabama. I want to go to Stanford. And then when you ask them why, it has nothing to do with education. It has to do with, it's, uh, you know, the football team. I'm going to go to Penn State because of the football team. So I'll ask them, oh, you're going to play football for Penn State? Oh, no, I just, it's just a party school. I want to go and I want to be there. Uh, what a, what a piss poor way of looking at education. When it should be, Whatever you are interested in, you should be looking at schools that excel at that particular program and go to those schools. As a matter of fact, most of the smaller schools still have tradition. Hillsdale College that you see on um, TV, uh, a Christian university that basically their students are very well educated. Liberty University, where my own son went, um, gives you a core value. I've been there. I've seen the classes. I've, I've met the uh, administration. And while sports is, you know, certainly a big part of it, they, uh, they were in uh, several bowls. Of course, they got crushed this year in the, in the uh, Fiesta Bowl against Oregon. But uh, they had been in several bowls. They had won. And uh, their basketball team was uh, picked a few years ago in the tournament of 64. They lost to Oklahoma State, but they were still there. Uh, but still, the tradition of education uh, at Liberty is very stringent. But most of these schools are too busy with their Marxist theology, utilizing their uh, leftist ideas on students who want to change what we have. And so we reward them 
by continuing with our tax dollars to uh, have the government fund them when we really need to stop doing that. I mean, the, you know, if we could all stop paying taxes, there wouldn't be enough jails for us to be in. We saw that in the French Revolution. We saw it in the American Revolution. The French Revolution was a copy of our American Revolution. The French saw what we did, and they, they, they took Louis XIV's head. When uh, they couldn't get bread for their kids, they stormed uh, the, uh, the palace and, and, and chopped off Louis XIV's head. The people of mass are powerful. But we continue as people to probably live in a kind of a cave where we don't see or care what's going on. Oh, I'll just pay my taxes and they'll do whatever they want to do. And so, you know, they'll continue to bastardize our kids, bastardize the athletes, use athletes until the athlete can't function from some injury, as I said earlier, and then is put out to pasture without an education, without money, uh, although, as I said, the, the NIL is a little different now. Um, and then, you know, uh, they're ruining college sports. Uh, you know, uh, you have the transgender uh, competing in women's sports. You have portals now where you can take off wherever you want. We saw that with uh, Bo Nix, for instance, in uh, Oregon in the uh, Fiesta Bowl. He came from, Org uh, he came from uh, Auburn. So I don't like this school, so I'll go somewhere else. We saw uh, one of the Liberty players. I can't think of his name at the moment, uh, but he went to um, Ole Miss. And so, you know, they're, they're, some of the people I talked to have felt that college football is already ruined. And many people think the way college is, uh, you know, is, is a ruination in itself. So if you're having your kid go to a college, if he's college or she's college age, it's probably time to look at some of the smaller schools that still have tradition, that don't have Marxist leftist ideas, that don't have professors that want to twist the minds of young people. What's the best way to change uh, society? Through the youth. It's what Hitler did. Hitler had everybody brainwashed, particularly youth, to believe that Jews were the scourge of the earth. And they were treated as such, as you know in history. So the college scam is real. We see all these great endowments, and yet they continue to raise tuitions. The government... They're doing the bidding of lobbyists, has opened the floodgates of money via the federal student loan system. The system's already rigged to make the universities, lenders, lobbyists, and politicians rich. And who uh, in that corrupt system has any motivation to use the centralized government authority, no cap tuitions? That notion is as fanciful as calling upon Santa Claus, Superman, and the Tooth Fairy to team up and solve the problem. Now, let's get real. You cannot fix a corrupt government system with more corrupt government intervention. The college cartel, as we know it now, is really simply unfixable. And, you know, it's interesting because I sat in on a few colleges 
over the years, sat in on classes. Okay, I just I just found out where the class was and when. I didn't even check with anybody. I just went in. They wouldn't know who I was anyway. Most of them don't take roles. They don't even know who you are half the time. I saw uh, one of the professors say, uh, "Is uh, let's have um, uh, Ben Johnson. Ben, would you come up and do the problems of math class?" And he's looking all around. He had no clue who Ben Johnson was. Could have been the Phantom of the Opera for all he knew. Um, I sat in on classes and listened to leftist jargon. You know, you might say, well, you know, I mean, I'm 70 years old, so, you know, they, they didn't notice me. Well, you know, college today is, is a mix of a lot of ages. A class can have an 80-year-old in there. So I mixed in well, and, you know, I heard them telling young people. I mean, young people's minds are impressionable. They listen to what people have to say. And the ones that are brighter usually will dissimilate what people have to say and realize uh, that what they have to say isn't correct. And I'm, I'm, I'm listening to people, professors, brainwash the students rather than educate them. I'm, I'm watching uh, administrators worrying about how much money they're going to make on the football program. I mean, some of these programs, these, these football programs are massive at college. They make up a huge amount of money. And, you know, we don't want to rock the boat. I mean, we saw that at Penn State with the uh, fabled Joe Paterno. Now, I'm going to ruffle a lot of feathers because Penn State has a great alumni, and it's a, it's a, it's a fine school, probably guilty of as many corruptions as any other school, big school. But we saw Papa Joe, who had uh, libraries named after him and, and uh, you know, uh, statues everywhere at uh, Nittany Lion Country, Happy Valley, I believe they called it. And he knew what Sandusky was doing. His coaches told him what he was doing. One of his coaches, assistant coaches, said he saw Sandusky in the shower with 10-year-olds. Who does that? I have two grandkids who are about that old. I wouldn't be showering with them. And Paterno knew it. The free report showed, which was the, uh, the FBI investigation, on his computer that he knew about it. He swept it under the rug. Why? Because it's a good old boy's pro. We don't want to rock the boat. It's okay that the kids were molested. That's okay. Yeah, we still got our program here. He was as guilty as anybody else because he knew about it, and he deserved what he got. Just because you're a big-name person, you're above the law? I don't think so. I have to interject one thing. I mean, I have a cop that lives next to me, and he was ripping off the taxpayers by coming home you know, every hour for a half hour, making $133,000 a year. And people would say, well, you know, don't say anything because, you know, he's, he's a cop. No, he's a criminal, and he should be exposed, and he was exposed. And so this is the system that we, by uh, chance, live by. This is what's happening to our youth. This is what's happening to athletics uh, at the college level. And, you know, it's interesting. I've spoken to people who won't watch pro football. I'm not going to watch that. You know, they make too much money. It's corrupt. and it's the, There's nothing more corrupt than college. College makes the pros look like uh, a lily field. And we see it all the time. If you want to read an interesting book, Read the book by Charlie Kirk called The College Scam. It's, uh, it's a bestseller on the New York Times. 
Um, Charlie Kirk is a um, uh, a person who has a uh, company that kind of looks for righteousness and goodness in America. He didn't go to college. And he makes a point about, you know, most people who go to college have no clue why they're there anyway. They don't, they don't have any idea what they want to do. They're followers for the most part. Uh, they party for the most part rather than study. And they, uh, you know, it's a, it's a fun time to be away from mom and dad. And, you know, unfortunately what's happening is that we colleges are also utilizing foreigners coming in so that they can charge them out-of-state tuitions. And there's evidence that they've shown that the colleges are taking less American students and more foreign students because they can make more money. So we need to open our eyes to really what's happening in our, in our country before it's too late. And, you know, when we look at uh, what happened to Venezuela, look at what happened to Germany with Hitler, uh, you know, oh, that can't happen again. Uh, you better be careful because it's starting to happen now. And this next 10 months in our own country are going to be uh, crucial if we want to get back on the track. Well, that'll about do it for our show today. The college scam, which I think uh, really is in existence. If you want to uh, find out, you can read that book I told you about with Charlie Kirk, The College Scam. Very interesting book. You'll see where your tax dollars are going. And maybe you'll get up and do something about it. Sports Beat's been a presentation of Mountain Meadow Productions and Sports Beat Radio. Until next time, all of you enjoy the day. Uh, football, of course, coming up this weekend. The divisional playoffs, Buffalo and the Kansas City Chiefs in Buffalo. The first time Patrick Mahomes has played a playoff game on the road. Should be interesting. Kansas City is favored in that game, I think, by two and a half, but we'll see. This could be Buffalo's year. Sports Beat's been a presentation of Mountain Meadow Productions and Sports Beat Radio. And until then, all of you have a great day and great sports. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.